Welcome to the forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation one fan at a time by asking them the same four questions. I'm your host, Anki, and our guest tonight is another in the long line of Twitter royalty that we've invited onto the show. He is a former walk-on at NU, an Iraq War veteran, and most important, a huge Husker fan. He's also the king of mom jokes, so if my mom is following along live, you might want to plug your ears. Welcome to the forum, Husk Johnny. Hey, what's up, man? Good to be here. Excited. Yeah. No, I, so I mom said hi. <laughs> uh, before we go get going though, Johnny, uh, I gotta ask you here, and I, I have a, a tweet I have to show. How's the swag uh, going for you? I know we sent you some swag, the, Rob. Oh, you got it on right now. Got the shirt, got my uh diet Dr. Pepper in my little koozie right here. I already ate the jerky, so sorry about <laughs> I can't show you that, but that's down here. Yeah, what, yeah, so there's a, a layer a of the jerky on top here. Koozie shirt and a couple of uh, pipeline jerkies there that uh, Redcast Rob sent you. No, that's fun. That's awesome, man. Oh, that's awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I guess I, you know, I should go over our upcoming shows real quick here and uh, and our regular promos. Uh, next week at the exact same time, Wednesday, March 8th at 8 p.m., we'll have Redcast Abby on, the face of Husker Twitter, at Abby something. <laughs> And then I'm off a week. I'm going up to, to Denver to see Dave and Rob and do March Madness. And we come back on March 22nd at the same time, 8 p.m. We'll have Connor Hayden of Corn Craze, the number one uh, Nebraska football talk show on YouTube. So he'll be March 22nd. And then we've got, oh, man, I mean, I'm, I'm probably booked out about two months on these shows right now. So I've uh, got quite a few of those coming up. Uh, this is just a promo that we're having that there is going to be uh, Nebraska podcast awards that are coming up in, in August. And uh, no block, no rock, guys. They're kind of putting that on Nebraska Brewing Company. So we are proud to be part of that. And last but not least, that swag that you're wearing there, uh, Hustiani, uh, that is from Smack and Smooch. You can use the uh, QR code up there. Uh, let me take the little, yeah, there's the QR code shirts, sweatshirts, koozies, you name it. We've got a bunch of good stuff there. Uh, thank you very much to Smack and Smooch. Well, Let's uh let's get started here with the first question, Johnny. And yeah. it's the the easiest one. It's the lob of lob of them all. But uh, why are you a Husker fan? Well, interestingly enough, I actually grew up a huge Hawkeye fan, and Ooh. so my my dream growing up was to play for the University of Iowa. But when I was coming out of high school, they didn't recruit me. And so I got really mad and figured I'd get back at them by becoming a Husker fan and then just troll them constantly on Twitter. My name is actually Casey, by the way, not Johnny as well. So, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of the same Wait, old story. I didn't catch. You know I didn't catch is, that at no. first. Yeah, now I got it. Yeah, okay, you got that right. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the answer is actually just boring. Like, I was born – well, I wasn't born in Nebraska, but I grew up in Nebraska. Born in Wyoming and moved to Nebraska when I was five. And, like, when you live in Nebraska, you're a Husker fan. Unless you're kind of a nerd like my little brother who wants to be contrarian. But – so, yeah. I mean, all my older brothers are Husker fans. Everyone at school is a Husker fan. It's kind of like, you know, you hear about Texas high school football. Nebraska, that's what it is, so. Well, what yeah, is the like? What was the answer. first year that you remember Husker football from, kind of from start to finish? You know, well, that's the thing is like my memories start my <laughs> my actual first 
like vivid memory. So I have like I can vaguely remember when Mickey played, right? And I I can kind of remember this number two kind of you know like almost dancing all over the field. Um, but like my first vivid memory is the the uh, Orange Bowl against Florida State when we like that kick missing that kick mm-hmm. is like my like I think it was just that pain stuck with me, and so. That's like my first vivid memory of Husker football is pain, which is fitting. <laughs> but then, yeah, then we went 94, 95, 97. So, but that was kind of like right when I was going into junior high and high school. So I kind of grew up just, that was the expectation. Like, mm-hmm. we just well, you're 10, you're 10 years behind me. My first year was 83, yours 93, okay. but it's the same kind of thing. You have their great seasons. I mean, both of them went 12 and 0, and you get to the Orange Bowl and in both cases, it was a very painful last second loss. For me, it's the two point conversion <laughs> Turner Gill play. It's the Byron Bennett kick. But I mean, those are the formative years. And that's what I love talking with, with different fans about. I've had Chaz and SoCal. So someone that grew up, you know, remembering Devaney era stuff. And, and uh, I'm tr- I want to get a few more, hmm. even younger generation kids that, uh, that maybe don't remember the, the good years. But it's, it's always suckers. interesting. <laughs> but it's good to get the formative, like, what type of fan you are today so many times is kind of rooted in what that first year or two of following them was like. Oh. And, and for you there, I mean, what a great, what a great first year memory, even though it was a little painful, you, you saw us playing for the national championship and then turning around and winning them right away. Yeah. I, th- I think that's why I am the way that I am. Like what, the way I relate to it, the way that I am is because I, that was my f- kind of formative years. And like, you just, I remember like my, f- like going to the university, like the first year I uh, went to the university and there was like this in like the registrar's office, there was like this laid out thing in the office that was like the road to the national championship. And it had like all the games laid out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we lost a game that year or whatever. And there was like a detour sign and it was like, we're going to detour around the Like that was the expectation. And mm-hmm. then, you know, everything kind of went to hell and looking back, I can realize, well, we were just, we were spoiled. Oh yeah. So now it's like, I'm trying to approach this from the perspective of of not being spoiled and appreciating the things that, that we do get, even if it's, even if it's a four and eight season, but we beat Iowa, like let's enjoy it and appreciate it because next year might be three and nine. It could be two and 10. Mm -hmm. We could get blown out by Iowa. Like it could be people who say it can't be worse. Like it could totally be worse. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I just try to like not be spoiled with it, whatever we get. I think that's a great way of saying it because we were spoiled as a fan base for 40 years there from two, you know, 1962 to 2003. All we would do is win nine games or more and make bowl games. Yeah. And, and um, it's so much so to the fact that you could go nine and three and fire a coach and say, we don't want to gravitate to mediocrity. Yeah. And ever since that statement was made at nine and three, we haven't had a season where we've lost less than four every year. Mediocrity right now. Every year, I would take mediocrity so much right now. Please, let's get back to mediocrity, right? And but you know, every year since mediocrity, (laughs) every year since that statement, we haven't uh, we haven't lost three or less again. You know, so I mean, that's just that's kind of the craziness of where we're at. But uh, there was um, there was a Husker Vision tape I remember ninety seven, and it was I think it was the the Tom Osborne one that was like a day in the life of, of Husker football. And it was like 24 hours of Husker football. They went to Lincoln from like noon on Friday through the through the football game and, and through the end of it. And but what, on Friday they went to like the big red shop. And this is you know in mid 
October and they talked to some old fan, some old guy. And they're like, you know, uh, how do you think Nebraska is going to do? And he goes, well, we're going to play in the big 12 title game. And I know it because I've already bought my ticket to San Antonio <laughs> and we, I got my plane ticket and we're flying down there. And it's like, that was when you want to talk yeah. about just the expectations were there, but also that was, we're just going to do it. I mean, I'm buying my tickets. I'm going to be there because yeah. we're going to be there. And that's how it was. You know, yeah, we took some things for granted back then. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Like we've we've been fed the medicine. We've learned our lesson, I hope. So I hope when if we get things going, get up to eight, nine wins, at least we can at least take a year or two where we're like, OK, and then we can get to where, OK, let's get let's get better. But yeah, it was. So, yeah, that was kind of my my formative years. So I think that definitely informs like how I look at at things now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to uh, question number two, then. What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that I could go through. I think don't you ask a question about who the favorite Husker is? It's it's actually that's, tied. That's and actually, I, I I screwed up here. I should have said this is the the four questions I have not walked. If you're brand new to the forum, we ask these four: Why are you a Huskers fan? Your favorite fan memory? Who are your all time favorite Huskers? And then how do you think they'll do next year? Um, so yeah, that will be coming up next. But this one here is: What's your favorite Husker fan memory? Yeah, so they're kind of tied together because the player is also part of the memory. <laughs> okay. But um I would say like outside of like the walk on thing and all of that, like as of like watching games and so forth, it has it, it would definitely be the last year we were in the Big 12 and we played Kansas State that year. Cuz I think okay. we went if I remember right, we went into that game undefeated and they may have even been undefeated. Like a Thursday night game. I think it was a Thursday night game. Taylor yeah, Martinez may have been or whatever. And ta- Taylor mm-hmm. Martinez just destroyed them, right? You remember he just ran mm-hmm. all over them. Anyway, so I was mobilized. So we were we were stateside. We were training guys that were deploying over uh, to Iraq. This was after I had got back, and they you, they would take guys that had been over and put them in units to train the guys that were going back over. So anyway, I was we were in Texas, but we had we had been in Fort Riley for a long time, and we had guys in our unit that were kind of lived around Fort Riley. Were from Kansas, so I had a really good buddy mm-hmm. of mine. I had two buddies. One was a big Husker fan. And one was a big Kansas State fan. So we went over to the, our friend that was a Kansas State fan. We went to his house to all watch the game together. And he was just talking so much smack before the game. And then, you know, Taylor goes off in the first half. And I just remember mm-hmm. come out for the second half. And I remember Craig James saying, you know, this is Bill Snyder. He's going to adjust. You know, they're going to do something different, da, 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 da. And my friend's like, all right, we're going to do this. And then Taylor, like, it's like the first or second play. He takes races off for like a 70-yard touchdown. And I just remember watching, like, everything <laughs> drain out of my friends. Like, all of the hope. And I think that's my favorite memory because, like, I've now been on the other side of that. <laughs> so <laughs> I can remember someone else experiencing that. But, yeah. So then we had a bet that whoever lost, they had to put on, like, the other team's gear. So we had to put on a bunch of Husker gear. And then take it. We took a picture, and he had to keep that as his profile picture on Facebook for the till the end of the calendar year or whatever. So oh, he was nice. like loaded him up with all sorts of stuff. So anyway, oh, that's, that's probably awesome. my that's probably my favorite memory because it was like I think we were undefeated. It was all the trash talk with him, and it was like, hey, mm-hmm. like we might be back at this point. And then mm-hmm. I think Taylor ended up getting hurt. Yeah, he got hurt in that Missouri game a few a few games later, and that was he came out hot yeah. against them. But uh, that injury, I oddly enough, I watched that K State game just recently, maybe a couple of weeks ago, 
And I know exactly the play you're talking about right after halftime. I mean, it was a great first half. And then, but it was a big deal. Like K-State, if they can make an early stop, maybe, maybe they can get back into it. And it was like a third down. It was like third and long. And it was like the crowd's going nuts. They're going to stop us. They're going to force a punt. And he just takes off up the gut and goes like 80 yards. And that was like right up the middle. (laughs) Yeah. And and he couldn't have been more than like three yards past the line of scrimmage. And they're already like, oh, he's gone. And he's gone. The crowd, you can see Craig James was like, uh, well, (laughs) (laughs) they didn't know what to say. This one's over, folks. Well, you mentioned something there. You mentioned about being a walk-on, and I, and I brought that up early on here with you. Tell us a little bit about that story. I, we haven't had a lot of former walk-ons yet, I don't think, on the the, the yeah. forum. And so I'd like to get that perspective and what was that like, what years and everything. Yeah, I always try I try not to oversell it because I wasn't for very long. I, I basically mm-hmm. made it through winter conditioning. So I don't know how they do it now or did it before or whatever. Maybe that year was different or whatever, but – so back then they would have, well, again, that year, maybe it was different other years. I don't know, but they had open tryouts. So I mm-hmm. wasn't like, I had gone to a smaller school my freshman year and then transferred. And I was like, I'm just going to do this and like, go for it. So I'd spent the first semester of that. I'd spent the first semester of that year, which would have been the football season. That, that football Like season. what year was that? So it was, um, it would have been the tryout was like the uh, descent, like in December of 2000. Okay. So, and then I, I made that and was on for winter conditioning and of 2001. So it was that 2001 season where they played in the national mm-hmm. championship. So, and I remember Crouch was like, he wasn't at winter conditioning cause he was getting shoulder, shoulder surgery, I think, and, or something like that. I remember he wasn't there, had some mm-hmm. sort of injury or whatever, but anyway, yeah. So they had open tryouts. And so I just went to the, I had, when I left the school I was at, I had planned the whole time. I knew they had the open tryouts. So I spent that whole first semester just training. Like I would run and do sprints. I knew what the events were. So I just practiced them Mm -hmm. over and over, ran forties, all that stuff. So anyway, went to the open tryouts and it was like, again, I don't know if it's like this anymore, but I mean, it was a huge event. Like they, there was stuff outside on campus and all that. I mean, and there were, think they said there was like two or three thousand people that showed up that year for the open trial so it was a like a big deal oh, back wow. then yeah so I don't again I don't know if they still do that or whatever um but yeah I ran ran a 40 ran a 10 yard dash vertical and then um the agility run is what they have you do and they basically just look at the times and the people and they they uh they pick you know they ended up picking 10 people mm-hmm. so I was one of those and went into winter conditioning and went through that. And I mean, I de- depends how deep you want to get into it or whatever. There's a bunch of stories in there, but went through winter conditioning and then you test again. And that year they ended up selecting just one person of the 10. So, and it wasn't me. It was mm-hmm. uh, kids. Last names, his last name was Brandenburg. And, uh, but I don't think it was Lance cause Lance came out. He right was out a scholarship linebacker. Yeah. Lance yeah. was. So it was, was a Brandenburg kick and the dude was a freak. Like he ran like a four, four, he had like a 40 inch vertical. I remember we'd be in lifting and we'd be doing pull-ups and he'd just be like, boop, boop. Be like <laughs> three sets of 10. And he'd just sit there and just, hmm. just rack out 10 pull-ups. Like it was nothing. I mean, he was a freak. So he's the one that they kept that year. 
whatever. Well, you know, it's interesting to put in and to put in perspective, uh, you know, for the viewers that that time frame. I mean, coming off you said December two thousand, that's Nebraska going and playing in the Alamo Bowl and destroying Northwestern, a co Big Ten champion Northwestern, and I, you know, Dan Alexander runs for two hundred yards and and every, it's a huge game, and, and now you've got Crouch coming back. Were you were you positioning yourself like on the offense, on the defense? Were you aligned? Were you lineman? What you know? What kind of position yeah. and everything would you have been? Yeah, so that's one of the mistakes that I made. Is I I went at that time I was like six three, about two twenty. Mm-hmm. So I listed myself as like a strong safety. Or they, I think they called it a rover at that time. Yep. So that's what I went for. Had I known what was going to happen with my body, I would have like went as like a D lineman or something. <laughs> <laughs> not long after that, I suddenly was able. Like I had a hard time gaining weight up till that point. You know, it's mm-hmm. like really hard for me to gain weight, and then it just like flipped. You know, like I weigh two eighty right now, like, and it's easy. And mm-hmm. I, that's actually dropping down. I was up at around three hundred. So, uh, had I known that, I would have done something different. But anyway, yeah, I went for a safety position, which is like one of the most athletic positions on a team. Like, so anyway, it was, it was dumb, but that, mm-hmm. I didn't know any better back then. So did yeah, you go through, did, did you just go through the, the winter conditioning there? Did you even get into the spring practice or did they already make cuts even before spring practice? Yeah, they cut right before spring practice. Gotcha. So we did, we did winter conditioning and then we did seven on, we would do seven on seven drills after so I got to do a lot of like seven on seven drills, but didn't get to do any like spring practice or anything like that. Hmm. Um, already loving some of the uh, the comments here, Eric Mer- Eric Miller. Love it when K State fans melt. <laughs> PJ, oh, whoa, great. GBR Homer. Yeah, keep uh, sending in uh, uh, the the comments, everyone. Uh, a lot of fun here. Let's go to question three. Who are your all time favorite Huskers? You said it kind of tied in with question two. Uh, who are some yeah, of those so- favorites? I would say Tommy, but then he put on that blue Creighton pullover, and I, I just I can't, <laughs> Couldn't I take can't it. do it. Sorry, man. Like, I can't. That's <laughs> um, fair. I would, That's grow, fair. <laughs> growing up, it would have been probably Tommy and Amon Green, but today it's Taylor. I mean, I know people don't like him or maybe, I don't know, some people don't like him or thought he wasn't that good or whatever. But, man, that time frame, it was like after everything we went through and then that time frame, he was just, you know, it was so electric and it was like, you're always on the edge of your seat. And then, you know, he gave me that, that great memory and a few others. I remember, I remember being in Wisconsin, I was uh, mobilized. It got moved. We got moved all over the place. So I was in Wisconsin in the middle mm-hmm. of the winter and like during fall football season or whatever. And my buddy and I would go, uh, that was a Husker fan. We go to the bars in Wisconsin. So in Wisconsin, like not far from Madison as uh-huh. Husker fans going to these bars, watching football games. And it was always Taylor and those guys. So yeah, I would say, say probably Taylor at this point, although you could throw Tommy Armstrong in there. He was mm-hmm. a warrior. So I don't know. I like them all. Scott Frost. Yeah. I still, yeah, I still I mean, like for, Scott as, despite what as a people, player. I mean, my goodness, he, yeah. <laughs> He won us a championship, went twenty four and two as a as a quarterback. Oh can't take that away. And you Sorry, know that was I can't an inter- hate that guy. <laughs> well, that was an interesting time frame. The, the Taylor Martinez one is that we had such stability at quarterback for about a, a 10, 12 year period there. I mean, we only had Martinez started for about four years. Uh, Armstrong started yeah. for three to four years, and then then Adrian. Really, that there's 
very few schools in the country that had more stability at the position. Yeah. Now we had all kinds of instability around it with coaches and changing offenses and all that, but uh, the, the quarterbacks the themselves injuries affected that. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't seem like that because there were, you know, all of them at different points had injuries and so forth. So it always is, it just kind of makes it seem a little weird or whatever, but you're right. Like if you look back, our quarterback situation, I mean, even now Casey last year after coming off of Adrian and then go right into Casey and then probably have him again this year, we'll see how it shakes out. But mm-hmm. I mean, those, they're not terrible quarterbacks. Like I know people love to hate on the quarterbacks and stuff, but. It definitely could have not to rag on anybody, but I remember when it was Zach Lee and uh, Cody Green. Green. Yeah, Green. And mm-hmm. it, those offenses were a little rough, you know. <laughs> so it's been and, not so bad since then. And recruiting is one of the weirdest things because that 09 team that had Zach Lee and Cody Green, those are two four star quarterbacks. And we had some amazing offensive talent, Niles Paul and, and Burkhead yeah. and Halou. I mean, we had some good players, Spencer Long on the O-line. And yet somehow, for whatever reason, that 9 offense just couldn't click, which was such a shame because that 9 defense was as, as good as any I've ever seen. I just had Cody Glenn on a week ago, and he graduated after 08, but he was part of the Polini transition on defense. And a lot of those guys at that. Yeah, a lot of those guys that played. Oh, yeah, he was. He switched. He switched. One of the things I wanted to ask him was what we're going through, and we'll get to this when we start talking about the question four. But like, I was asking him about all the the position changes and the just the changes as a coaching transition happens, and trying to tie it to what's going on right now. But yeah, he he didn't just switch positions. He went from running back on offense to linebacker on defense, and. Those defenders, a lot of those same guys on the 09 defense, that's the, I think it's the greatest one I've ever seen. I've watched all the 90s ones, but that 90, that 2009 defense was amazing. A lot of the same guys on that defense were guys that were playing in 2007 under Callahan when we lost at Colorado 60 something to 50 something. And we were just terrible. So Kansas 70 to 35. Yes, that was, I remember that was when I was like, okay, <laughs> I was at that game. Oh, gee. I was at that game. Boomer and I were, and they had a deal going on with their bookstore where after every touchdown, every seven points, the uh, you would get 5% off your your something at the bookstore, 5% off on <laughs> <Kansas> Tuesday. <laughs> Kansas would. So, yeah, so it's like, oh, you get 5% off on Tuesday. Then they'd score a second touchdown. And it was like, hey, wait, you wait, get 10% wait, 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 off wait. on Tuesday. And they scored on 10 straight possessions, the touchdowns. And, and eventually it, we're like, how long does this go? Like, you know, how long does this promotion go? And eventually like, it I'm going to the bookstore. Like, I'm going to resell this stuff. I'm coming up. I'm going to Lawrence. So I'm going to be selling. Right. I mean, why not? And eventually it like stopped after like six touchdowns. You're like, yeah, the, that's all you get. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to end that. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember that was brutal. That was, I know that. So that that's the other thing too. When people talk about like rock bottom, I'm like, that was pretty bad. The end of the Riley era was pretty bad. I don't, I mean, you know, I understand the, some of the frost stuff, but I don't know if it's quite that bad. It got pretty bad there for, for a few of those years. You know, my, my thing with like, uh, with like frost era is that it, it underperformed and the win loss record absolutely yeah. underperformed. I can see a difference though. Not, not all four and eights are made equal. The four and eight that happened the last year of Riley, that's the worst football I've ever seen. We weren't competitive against teams. Um, blown out. The the three and nine that Frost had two years ago was was better than that. 
last year and how the season started last year. That was, you know, what happened That's with great. Frost is, and I, I kind of appreciate how Trev handled it, is that, it, you know, Trev kind of let Frost fire himself. I mean, you know, he gave him every opportunity, and by the end of it, it was one of those things where there wasn't much arguing anymore. I think if, if they would have made a change a year ago, I, I think he'd had a fractured fan base and people saying, you know, keep him, don't keep him. What, you know, when that Georgia Southern game happened, it was kind of like, okay, it's time to, it's time to move on. Yeah. I think, I think Scott even looked like he kind of wanted <laughs> to move on. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I, I wonder about that because I mean, I'm one of those people that people would have, would assume that if they had fired him before that, that I would have been disgruntled or whatever. And I, I don't, I mean, I know me, I don't, I, I wouldn't have been that disgruntled. My thing was always like, it actually started with Riley, you know, cause it was like, you give a guy and it's different now. It's different now with the mm-hmm. transfer portal and the one-year transfer rule. But it's like, I just didn't, at that time, I didn't feel like three years. And I, I wanted to at least get four years. And then you throw the COVID year in there, and it's a little weird. So it's like it's mm-hmm. like hard to assess how you figure all that stuff out. But if they had fired him before, like, my preference would have been, let's let's go all the way, see it all the way through, just to, like, completely make sure. Because you're coming off that 3-9 and nine season, which I know is bad. Bottom line is all that counts, et cetera. But all those games were close. And so mm-hmm. I don't think it's crazy for someone to be like, well, you know, maybe we can get over the hump or whatever. But then, yeah, you lose Northwestern. And that was kind of the that was kind of the beginning where it's like, eh, and then Georgia says, like, all right. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is that not, was this is, we've, yeah, we've given it, every opportunity we can. Let's, let's, let's move on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I mean, I've seen people say that it basically wasted last year, which I, I understand that point. But. I, I think Trev ultimately played it right because now, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's on board. There's not really any question, you know, and we can all just sort of move on. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's move on. And let's move on to that question about next year. Number four, how do you think the Huskers will do this year? Uh, obviously, a lot of changes happen. We've got the the new coaching staff in place. Coach Rule, he's, now the, the staff is done. He has his entire support staff of about 50 people. I think it's the largest support staff in the Big Ten, they said. Uh, so things are starting to look, you know, you can kind of start to see how it's getting formed. What are your thoughts? So 10 and 2. I'm going to give you a direct answer. We're going to go 10 okay. and 2. All right, really? Um, let, let, me, let me explain this. Okay. okay. So I'll we allow were, it. We were <laughs> we were four and eight last year, right? Now, mm-hmm. two of those losses were Northwestern and Georgia Southern. I think we can all agree those aren't just could have won games. Those are should have won games, right? Sure. So that gets us to six and six. I know we're not playing the same schedule, but I'm just going to kind of go through this. Mm-hmm. So that gets us to six and six. Like people are like, oh, if we could go six and six, that'd be great. It's like all we have to do is beat those two teams, right? Last year. Mm-hmm. So that's six and six. And then we go to the other extreme. You have Michigan and Oklahoma. Okay, we'll keep Michigan a loss. Obviously, probably can't expect to win that the first year. Oklahoma is kind of a weird one because they ended up not being that great, but they also blew us out. It was after, right after Frost got fired, so we'll keep that a loss. That leaves Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Purdue. It's like Minnesota, we were up 10 at half. I think Illinois, we were up. 10 or something like that until Casey got hurt. Purdue was a what four point game Mm -hmm. and Wisconsin. We were leading with like a minute left in the game. Yeah. Double digits in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So if you look at those games, it's like, those aren't juggernaut teams that are like impossible to beat first off. And 
even as horrific as everything was last year and all the turmoil and everything, we were still in those games at a certain point. So, and then you have to put on top of this, the fact that we're going from what I'm told on Twitter, literally the worst coach and staff and strength and conditioning ever to Mm -hmm. like literally the greatest coach to ever pick up a whistle. So it seems to me that he should be able to flip those games and get us to 10 and two. So in fact, if he doesn't go 10 and two, he's probably not the guy we should fire him. <laughs> if we've learned anything, anything Husker fans, it's that if we don't That's go 10 and two, you, you got to fire. If you don't, yeah, if we don't go 10 and two, we got to, we got to, someone's got to be fired. Right. I mean, that's, if we've learned anything, no, I, I think that's, look, I, yeah, I'm, it's a I'm cra- totally kidding. You don't have to try and justify that. It, it's a crapshoot trying to predict this stuff, anyways, right? I mean, we've had we've had um, analytic people on, like a, a college football professor Adam McClintock, and the, with Matrix Analytical, and they break games down by the talent and say the mo- more talented team's going to win seventy seven point eight percent time, seventy seven point eight percent of the time, right? And before last season, they had us going eight and four, and yeah. I can't say Nobody that they're knows. wrong. And like you said, we just we found – I asked them, do they have an analytic for how do you lose so many one-score games? Because that that's the question <laughs> I had after the, the Frost era. Is, like, is it just – and I was expecting some really smart – It's the curse really of smart, That's how you lose all those <laughs> one-point games. Just culture. I was expecting some real smart answer from, from uh, Adam about, you know, is there an analytic for how do you lose these close games? And he's like, dumb luck, you know, yeah. and, and – and making mistakes. I mean, it is penalties and it, and it's not being disciplined. And what I like about when Trev, the day that he fired Frost and, and, and he was just answering questions in the presser, he just said the things he was looking for. He wanted someone to be a grinder, he disciplined football, win the line of scrimmage, all the things that are music to my ears. And then I love everything since when they, when he hires rule rule talks about those things. When rule introduces Satterfield as offensive coordinator, Satterfield talks about all those things. Yeah. Everyone seems to be on the same page saying the same, same stuff. And that that's a step up. I mean, to your point last year, you know, we went four and eight and, and it was clear as day from, from the first moment of the season that we had an offensive coordinator and a head coach who weren't on the same page at the very yeah. least, Well, you know, and yeah, I mean, and then, Sorry, go ahead. Well, and and just kind of the rest of the season, there were times where it's like, wow, you know, we, we're not on the same page, and yet we're still competing. You know, let's how about yeah. how about we remove all that stuff? Let's just get on the same page and let's see how good we can be. Yeah. So I I think Rule and his staff and everybody. So it, it's it goes back to and everybody has noted this like, Trev, I want to hire someone that's not going to win the press conference. But it's clear to me that Rule understands the media perception the fan perception thing i don't think it's any coincidence i don't think it's happenstance or chance that trev mentioned those things in that press conference and then rule Mm -hmm. mentions them in his i don't think that's an accident i don't think that Mm -hmm. it's an accident that all his staff is saying all those same same things like they know that they have to all be on the same page and they have to communicate communicate a consistent message so they're actually really media savvy is what it really comes off to me. Now, is that going to translate into wins? Hopefully, and I, I think it's a good sign, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case, right? They could just be, you know, media savvy and they're saying all the right things, but it doesn't mean it's actually going to uh, come to fruition. Now, that said, I, I'm excited about next year. I do think 
that we will have a step up. I, the, the thing that, the thing that sticks out to me, and I've seen other people mention this is that, and I've, I've sort of been in a little bit, not anywhere like this, but just a sort of a little bit similar situation where, you know, I had to take over a situation and then I moved somewhere else and then I had to basically come back and do the exact same thing again. So I had to do the same thing twice. And it's like the second time I did it, I went from the first time I was like, I think this is the right stuff to do. I think I know what I'm doing, you know, and then some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. The second time I came back, I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly what worked and there was no question about it. And that's the way they talk feels like that to me. Like it's mm -hmm. not, they're not questioning. They're not wondering. They're not thinking. They're not hoping like this is, this is what we have to do. This is what we're going to do. And they know what works. And so I think that's what gives me the most hope out of everything that I've heard is they just seem like they're really certain again that doesn't mean it's gonna work out you know we've heard I, mm -hmm. at this point i've heard everything from everybody all the different ways like so i just i hate to be the short on the field guy but I'm, that's kind of at the point i'm just like wait and see and we'll see what happens so well and i think that's okay to be that guy too i mean there's nothing wrong with that and, and look there's nothing wrong with being the pessimist fan right now there's nothing wrong with being um, the optimist fan, there's something wrong with being the, the Twitter jerk fan that, that, you know, yeah. it, it, who is difference between all a realist you can, and an a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone can have opinions and can have differences of it. And, and, uh, there's respectful ways to do that. But what I would say is over the course of the last 20 years, what, what I've grown more tired of is when someone's like, well, we, what we need is this offensive guy, or we need an NFL guy, or we need a defensive guy. We've had it all. I mean, we've had about every conceivable you know we, we we brought in frost as the former husker riley's the the p5 guy callahan came from the pros Planey was the defensive guy you know we've had we've done a little bit of it all and at the end of the day i think what you need is you need the right guy and i'm as guilty of anything as, as saying this i would have just said this a couple of weeks uh, a couple of months ago that i think it's important to have a, a nebraska guy or two not they don't have to be head coaches but a nebraska guy or two on the staff just so they can understand the culture I, i've said that before mm -hmm. and then you bring in this staff and there's not a damn Husker guy on it. There's not a single Nebraska guy on this staff, and yet you see how they operate. And it's like these guys understand this state more than the hell they understand it as well as I do. And I've lived here my entire life. You know, I mean, it's it's unbelievable yeah. to see Ed Foley go into to Grand Island, and while he's there, let's stop by Sam Foltz's parents' house and go and talk to him for a while. I mean, just it's the and those are they might be little things or whatever you want to call them, but they're important things. And it's like, they get it. They seem to truly understand what this, the state's about. And um, I mean, that gets me as excited as anything, let alone the, the fullback and the, uh, the X's and O's stuff that we've heard that that's going to hopefully come back. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you're saying before about we've tried this and that the other, yeah. Like I've heard, I've been yelled at by every, from here to Timbuktu about all we got to do is this, it's just as simple. Blah, 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 blah. Like for, you know, almost 20 years now. So like, I don't believe anybody who says anything about anything because I know I've like heard it all and none of them are right. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm sort of over that, but I think to what you were saying at the end there, it's, you know, sometimes when you come into a situation and like you're familiar with it, you take things for granted. And I, I somewhat wonder if that's a little bit what happened with frost is, like mm -hmm. he was, he was so familiar with everything that he just kind of took things for granted, certain things for granted, maybe. Whereas, you know, you come in with, as, as Matt Rule and you're completely new to all this stuff. You have to like, you have to do the research. And, it, you know, if you're, 
if you're Frost, good point. let's just say, or any any Nebraska guy that's like played here before, you had let's just take the black shirts. You had the way that you know they did it when you were playing, but you ask ten people, you get ten different opinions, and so a new guy has to actually go and do the research. You're right. So I think that some of that is maybe why that's happening is, is like they have to go and learn all this stuff. And they're like, Oh, they learn about Sam Foltz and they're like, Oh, we should do this. And they learn about black shirts and they learn about this, that, and the other, and they have to actually go and research and do it. And they don't take things uh, for granted. So I, I, I sort of wonder if that's, that's some of it. I think that's, I think that's a, a, a great viewpoint there. I, I think one of the things to, Thanks, it's con- man. For me, <laughs> for me, it's constantly trying to find w- what is different. So when someone says, well, I've seen and heard all this before, I'm like, have you really? Because I haven't seen our coaches go out and travel the, the state the way that this one has right. just to just to find a difference. I mean, or there's something tweet about it and tweet, <laughs> to tweet about Maybe that they way. have, but they just didn't post about it. But yeah, that's different. What we've seen, you know, with what they're doing in Texas with Dr. Elza bringing in Bob mm-hmm. Wager uh, Garrett McGuire, and I'm going to get his name right this week. I kept calling him Garrett McGee last week. Um, bringing guys like that, but Lincoln then, Riley. Yeah, but bringing in people like that 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 have those te- Texas connections, and then have it immediately turn around to having some Texas kids committing here. So we're seeing some early results. Now we'll wait till we get on the field to see the the mm-hmm. W's and L's, but but there are some early results. And I think something that was really unique about the hiring of of uh, Coach Rule was just the timing of it all. When's the last time you've seen a 75-day search where the guy that you end up hiring was was available for about 60, 65 days of it? He had uh, he had two months of an opportunity to sit at home, observe things, yeah. decide if he wanted to do this, take his family on an impromptu visit of Lincoln during a game day weekend where Trev drives him around. He gets to see the city and gets to see a game day in the city. Like that's unheard of. Like coaching, you think of how coaching hires typically work. It's a, it's unbelievable that any of them ever turn out well. You you get about a week's time, a lot of time oh, yeah. with a lot of pressure, multi million dollar. Riley's decisions. a good example. Riley, yeah, Riley, and and Coach Osborne <laughs> with Pelini. I mean, he had about a week to yeah. fire, hire, turn around, now go start recruiting. And Rule came in here, and he almost just. There's this calm. He comes in here like, yeah, I've had a couple months to think about this, and I've I've gone over it in my head, and my my wife and kids were the ones that said, let's take it, and and they just seem to be such on the same page, and he just took off running, and it's truly impressive. Him and Trev act like they have known each other for years and years because they, they they almost finished each other's sentences, and I think a lot of that started in those those two months. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of, of, of that, the courtship of uh, Trev and, and, and Matt Rule. And it, I'm glad they had that time. Yeah. That's why, you know, again, going back to, you know, people have said like last year was kind of a lost year or whatever. And again, understand that viewpoint. I'm not discounting it, but that's why I think mm-hmm. ultimately what the way Trev did it was the right way because, or yep. maybe not the right way, but it worked out really, really well because, yeah, he had all of that time. To, and and Matt Rule had all of that time to really go through everything and be thorough and make sure on the uh, on the same page. And you know, if you look back over the last twenty years, like we we focus on head coaches, but a lot of the dysfunction, or at least some of the dysfunction that was happening, was above the head coach level, and yep. particularly not being on the same page or you know just weird crap happening or whatever. And 
Like it feels like for the first time, I thought initially thought with Moose that that we were getting there. It seemed like they're, they're definitely more aligned than like Eichhorst and Riley and I mean, Polini, yep. even back to Polini and all that. But apparently Moose was absentee mostly. So whatever. Anyway, it just seems like they're way more on the same page above the head coach level and everybody's like in line. And I think at this this level of college football and the way it is today, like you can't, it's really hard to to succeed if you don't have that continuity, that that being on the same page from top to bottom, from the chancellor, the AD, mm-hmm. you know, the president, the head coach, all on the all the way down. So again, that's another thing that I'm kind of excited about as well for next year to see what happens. So mm-hmm. well, we are on a one game winning streak, and I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring this up. But the last game. <laughs> Uh, you have a, a, a wonderful great. Twitter uh, handle, and you do a great job. Uh, and you have a particular uh, dislike of Iowa, and I, I can appreciate that. So this is from November 30th. Okay, but you know why that is? Well, well, well is it it Nebraska City being well. right on the river? <laughs> what, what is it? I said that it's because they didn't recruit me out of high school. No. Oh, um, well, that's true. <laughs> no. Sorry, Casey. My, wife's from, my wife is from Iowa. So, oh, okay. And, when I got back from Iraq, I moved to Iowa and I lived in Iowa for 10 years. All her family are Iowa friends. So like I just constantly it's it's a double edged sword because I constantly hear it from them. But I've lived there long enough to know like what irritates the crap out of them as well. <laughs> so I, I just I know that fan base really, really well. So that's why I love picking on them, because well, I, I hear it constantly. And they know they know it works well against us, and and beating us seven straight times worked well. But damn it, when we end that streak, and we did it last year, you're going to hear it back. And uh, this is you exactly. for November 30th. And don't whine about it. Yeah, don't whine. Here, here you are on November 30th. Have to say these stupid little Iowa jokes that I make just hit different after beating them because we did beat them. They lost to us. Man, that would suck. Hashtag first straight. <laughs> and that has led to this whole series. And these are just. These are gold. Anybody that's watching this, I know if you're listening to this tomorrow, you can't see them, but I've got a list of like five, six tweets up here. And uh, Iowa women's basketball plays defense like Iowa football plays offense. Uh, what do you call an Iowan with his, all his teeth? A tourist. Uh, beat Iowa at another thing. Yawn. What's new? Iowa's only fans are a group of confused tourists who thought they were going to a corn maze. I mean, this this is why we brought you on here, Johnny. <laughs> it, anyone that's not on Twitter and watching this, you don't, I don't think you fully appreciate uh, the guests that we have on right now, because Johnny, you have a a great persona. There's so much fun to interact with you on Twitter and, and uh, just reading through those. I I have a huge grin. Well, I I appreciate that. I try to, I try to lighten the mood because it sometimes gets a little heavy and a little serious. So I I try to, uh, I try to keep it light or whatever. That was actually when I, like when I first, like got on Twitter and decided to start talking about Husker football. That was the reason why it's like, I was seeing all this stuff and it's like, man, it's so serious and not to get weird, but you know, it's like the places I've been, things I've done in my life. I'm like, dude, it's not that serious. Like it's a game Mm -hmm. at the end of the day for the people playing, it's a livelihood for you, the fan, it's a game. Like just chill out a little bit. So yeah, just try to try to lighten the mood and making fun of Iowa. That's like the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, playing well, and, and, and isn't that part of isn't that part of the fun of being a fan too? And rivals, I mean, look, Nebraska. I'll, I'm going to pick on us for a second, you know, I, and and I'll pick on me specifically. Growing up, 
it was Nebraska and Oklahoma, and that's it. And we don't. There's no mm-hmm. other rivals. It's that's it. And that rivalry meant so much to me. And I think it clouded my head because it, it created this thing where we only play one team that's a rival, Oklahoma. And when they went away, we don't have one anymore. And no, we played Kansas a hundred plus times. We played Missouri. We played K State. We played Iowa State. We played Colorado. We had all kinds of rivals. I just we were I we were too good for them in my head, and and I didn't give them yeah. the respect. Well, we get oh, in yeah. the Big Ten, and that was a big knock, you know. Iowa fans didn't like Nebraskans because we didn't, they're not our rival because they're not good enough to be our rival or other, you know, other schools would think the same thing. Well, the reality is I think we're starting to get some good rivalries going. It is fun with yeah. Iowa. The, the, the Nebraska flex stuff with Minnesota is fun. Wisconsin, let's, you know, let's beat these guys. I mean, it's, there's some fun things that are starting to form in this conference and this division. And, uh, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. We're, we're like, wins. yeah, I do feel like we're like, kind of getting a little bit more integrated into the conference. It'll probably help when USC and UCLA come in because then they'll be the newbies that everybody hates on or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I remember – so our first Big Ten game was against Wisconsin. We got beat yep. like 49-17. to 17. So I was living I in Iowa that. at the time. <laughs> and my brother-in-law, you know, we had been talking – all you know, all off season and all this stuff. First year in the Big Ten, he's a big Iowa fan, and uh, he comes over to watch the the game with me. And you know, when they get up on us and start spanking us, he starts. At, he'd been drinking, but he starts running around my house yelling on Wisconsin as an Iowa fan. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, that basically cemented the rivalry. That's why I never deny that it's a rivalry. And then, of course, him and I then got tickets to the Nebraska Iowa game that that year in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So we went to the very first Nebraska Iowa game in the Big 10. And of course we beat them, but still talking smack about how all the other teams in the Big 10 beat us. Like, yeah, but you didn't. <laughs> so, which is classic classic Iowa fan, right? Yeah, so, that's like an SEC kind of thing. You know, you're rooting just for someone in, <laughs> someone else in your conference and chanting the conference name. What is that? Uh you know, uh, <laughs> It's funny. Yeah, Bo went three and one against Iowa in his first four oh. years, and making the transition. I know the they always say. They always say like, "You guys got to the Big Ten, and you started getting spanked." Like, dude, we, we were three and one on you. We were beating you. We were beating Minnesota. We were beating. I mean, Northwestern. They were a little bit of thorn on our side, but I knew from living in Iowa for like six or seven years before that they did the same thing to Iowa all the time. So they were a thorn in Iowa's side uh, before that. But yeah, I was like, we didn't come into the Big Ten and. Like you guys just started, like everybody in the conference started destroying us. Wisconsin did, right? Mm-hmm. Ohio State did, but not you guys, not Minnesota, not Iowa, not Illinois, not Purdue. We were beating all of those teams under Bo for like on a fairly regular basis. So it's what everybody that's a Nebraska fan knows. Like we got rid of Bo and then there was this whole mess that happened and I'm not going to you know, rag on any of those coaches, but that's when it started and it just hasn't got fixed. So, yeah, keep making changes and, and you're going to, you're going to pay for it over time. We we have paid for it, but switching conferences is a tough thing when you play a whole new set of teams. And I can remember going to Norman in 2021 and we lose, of course, by one score, because that's what we do, but we lose, we lose at Oklahoma. <laughs> and afterwards I talked with a bunch of Sooner fans and they were good people and everything, but they were like, oh man, we're going to go in the SEC and we're going to just I mean, we're going to win it all in, in year one. And I'm like, you may, you may. But also, I would really just understand, just appreciate what it means to switch conferences. You're going to be playing all new teams, all new venues. 
there's a transition there. Oh, don't worry about it. Coach Riley has this figured out. You know, we've got top 10 classes for the next however many years. This Caleb William guys who, who didn't even play against uh, you guys today. Oh, man, he's going to be the starter for the next three years. And all I can say is it's amazing how quick things can change. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it always, always appreciate when things it. are good. Yeah. One of my favorite follows on Twitter is message board geniuses. And it's always appreciate yeah. when things are going well. Cause I love it when I, when I see them post some Alabama fan who's like, ah, the game's passed Saban by, we should get rid of them. I'm like, Oh, please do. Please. Yes, get rid of please. Whiners. Jeez. Oh, we haven't <laughs> won a national championship in like three or four years, please. Yes. You know, it, and I'm old enough to remember where unfortunately some people wearing this color, you know, were oh, saying no, the same thing. And much. Coach Osborne was was fired thousands of times. I like to say thousands of times right. over the course of his career at Nebraska because yeah. he couldn't beat Oklahoma, couldn't win the big one, didn't throw the ball enough, lost seven straight bowl games, including the last one that he lost was the one you, your first one that you remember that that ninety four yeah. Orange Bowl. I mean, that's but Do you remember but, what you it know was what? like? Like what's that? Like we would lose a game and it was just oh. like I mean, I was a kid. It was like someone died. Like that's how oh. church how the next was. morning after after yeah. a loss. The whole like weekend was ruined, and like, you can't do that now because it happens like seven or eight times a year. Like your whole your whole fall's ruined if you do that. <laughs> Wait, man. You know, or you start a podcast in uh, in April two thousand seventeen, <laughs> and we oh, haven't geez. we haven't seen we haven't seen a bowl game or a. And we're supposed to be a you know primarily a football, men's basketball, and baseball pod. That was that's kind of how we started it, and you know eventually, I mean, we I mean we're we don't know much about now. like volleyball and stuff. But it's like how do you not talk about volleyball? We're a women's sporting yeah. you know a women's uh, school here right now with sports. I mean, my goodness, with with basketball, with softball's done, bowling, <laughs> volleyball. I mean, you know, and yeah. we want cheer wins and and uh, thank thank goodness for all those sports because we're anything uh, but a football and men's basketball podcast now. <laughs> oh gosh, gosh! But yeah, you know, brutal. you know, when we start winning a few basketball games, like that—that's the funny thing too about Husker that fans. Was fun. The the just it took four wins in a row, and Nebraska fans and basketball and like expectations change so quickly. It's stupid. So so back to your point. We're going to go ten and two, right? Or whatever the whatever the record is. If I predicted, let's say I predict eight and four, and, and someone says, "Are you telling me you wouldn't take six and six? No, I'm not saying I wouldn't take. I'm just saying I'm predicting eight and four. I guarantee you this: if we somehow started off four and zero, you know, we go to Minnesota and we win, we go to Colorado and win, and we come back and we we beat the the two teams you're supposed to, and you're four and zero when Michigan's coming in here. Oh yeah, the, the expectations and and the way that that minds get flipped so fast, all of a sudden it's like we're we're not going six and six. Are you kidding me? We're four and oh. I mean, like people start to change their mind as they see the product on the field. And so we need some momentum. We need momentum. And that's the thing. That's the thing we just haven't had for the five years, last five, six years. That's the thing. That's why I'm like, I don't believe. <laughs> I, I know I'm an a-hole, but I, I don't believe any of like the people that are like super all in on rule right now. Cause I know if we start next season, like two and two or one and three or whatever it is, like it, it's going to take like two losses and it's going to be those same people will be telling you, Oh, he needs to go. He's not the guy. I could have told you that when he did so-and-so back at this press conference and when he hired this guy, blah, 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 blah. It's like, so I don't, that's why I don't like get, I'm not getting caught up in all of that right now because I know that 
very quickly, like you said, we could be 4-0 and and then lose to Michigan, and there will be someone that's like, they got to get rid of this guy. He's not the guy. You know, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I'm just just waiting. I'm going to see what happens. Let it all play out. They'll play the games. We'll see. And, we'll go mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Sit back and enjoy a little bit of the process, too. I know that's that's the that's a you know, as much yeah. of a cliche word process as, as culture is, but there is a process. And right now, I'm just genuinely enjoying the process of watching this offseason play out, of watching this staff get to know fans, watching this staff go out to all these different high school coaching coaches and, and, and high schools and then turn around here and in about a month we're going to have the coaches clinic, the high school coaches clinic, and and I want to see the re, the reverse of it. I want to see all those high school coaches. We've had Glenn Snodgrass on from York oh, in the past, and I was DMing with him about some about this too. Is like I want to see the influx of coaches coming back to, to Lincoln yeah, to, to be point. with the staff. I love that. I love seeing the relationship building. And that has, you know, there's not a, a W or L, a, a t- you know, tied to that, but I just love watching the process of it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I hadn't even like thought about that. Like you, you go out, you go out, build those relationships and those dividends, those dividends come back to you. And, you know, maybe that's a thing that hasn't happened at a high level for, for a very long time or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I probably sound like I'm like, negative on the next year but i'm actually really excited i think they'll do well i i think so i don't think that the team is as in bad a shape as some other people do like people it's the worst shape it's ever i don't buy that i don't buy it like i don't believe that at all um and i don't think though the i genuinely don't think the rule or any of the other coaches think that so and all signs point to these guys seem like they know what they're doing so Mm-hmm. You going back to those games, like it's kind of a joke, but it's also not. Like, if you look at all of those games, there's really one that the team we might say, quote unquote, unbeatable, at least right now or whatever. And that was Michigan. And even that, who knows? And then Oklahoma, again, weird game. Rest of those games, every single one of those games is a game that we could win. You know, those teams are not just juggernauts that are impossible to beat. So, I, these guys seem like they know what they're doing. And I, I think they will. I do think that they will have a improve that we'll see improvement and we'll see how that translates out into games or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that they could win seven, eight, nine games next year, even with a, mm-hmm. a, a new transition, not an expectation. I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if it happened, I wouldn't be that surprised um, because they've got a lot, they've got a lot of returning players that have played a ton of football they brought in some good transfers and if they really are what everybody tells me they are then we should see some uh improvement so mm-hmm. i'm looking well, like forward said- to it hopefully it's not three and nine because that would suck. <laughs> yeah and i think it is important that they they demonstrate some success early on we saw that in the frost era you some of the bad of luck you know a lightning strike against uh akron you're not playing but but you know getting off to a poor start I think was something where he was kind of climbing always from, from behind. Yeah. And that's, I think it is important next year to have some success. And what does that look like? I've called it the, the race to six. And that is, let's get to six wins next year. Now, I didn't say go six and six, the race to six. It might, if it takes us six weeks and we're six and oh, Hey, yeah. let's reevaluate. Let's get to eight. Let's get to nine. Right. <laughs> race to and 12. if we're sitting at, yeah, if we're five and six with Iowa coming here, that's Dude, okay. We're six and oh, that means we beat Michigan. Like yep. we're going hey. undefeated. Like yeah, at that I mean, point, of course. you just go all in, push chips yeah. in, place your bet, yeah. 
we're going it's 12 and 0 then but but if it, if we're five and six with Iowa coming in here that's fine go beat them and let's get to mm-hmm. six and six and get to that bowl game and I think that's I think if nothing else that kind of gets them off to the right start starts to build some of that momentum because you said something earlier about um you know when you did a job went away and came back and did the job a second time you had a different perspective you were better at it and you just said that you know this isn't the worst you've ever seen you, you didn't think the team's that bad right now well, put yourself in the shoes of, of Coach Rule. He's done this before. Yeah. He's done it at a place like like Baylor where he walked I into it. He's a, licking his chops, uh, to be honest. Oh, my God. He walked in at Baylor, and they had 45 guys on scholarship, yeah. and they were coming off the Bryles disaster. He comes in here, and he has NIL and, facil- and hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars of facilities getting built, and he's sitting there going, I've got 105 players. This is the greatest thing. You know, He's dancing yeah. around on, you know, on cloud nine. And I'm playing in a league where, at least as a division for now, that like we can win some games. You know, yep. we're not it's not a it's not a division of killers. So the division, at least I I need three things from Matt Rule next year. <laughs> we need to beat Iowa mm-hmm. again, always, mm-hmm. forever, like by 50. <laughs> Don't yeah. take your foot off the gas this time. I know it wasn't him, but Minnesota, we need to finally beat because yep. like they're getting annoying. And then I cannot have us go to Colorado, completely take over their stadium make Dion look like a fool and then them win the game. Like I can't like this just can't happen. So we can't do that again. So we've got to win those three games. If he wins those three games, I'll be fine. You do whatever else with he wants with the rest of them. But those three games uh we gotta get. So oh, that's, that's my a, bottom that's a, line. That's a great line of success there. And I you keep bringing up painful games. The, the first game when we played Wisconsin in 2011, we were at we were at that Colorado game in 19. Well, been, the, man. The, the, the sellout. It's just <laughs> Come on, you know. I mean, we were up 17 nothing at half, and and you're right. I mean, those are games. The Minnesota one's huge because it's game one, it's a Thursday night, but that's mm-hmm. a you know, we can look at all the transition that we've hard. had, but look look at Minnesota right now. They've half their coaching staff has changed from last year. They've they they have a different quarterback now for the first Lowe's time in gone, a century. Finally. Yeah, Mo Ibrahim Ibrahim has gone at, at running for the back. first time in half a century. For the first time in half a century. So there's plenty <laughs> of changes that they've had too. Now let's go out there, and that's a team that we were up 10 nothing at halftime against. Let's go out there and and let's build some of that early momentum. Can you imagine? I'm just, you know, we got to go into to fantasy land for a second, but we're going to beat Minnesota on the road in, in week one. And at, flat out, we should beat Colorado in, in week two. That's a program that's going through a lot of transition, a lot of change, and and we should do it in front of a lot of fans, a lot of Husker fans. Yes. And to be 2-0 and coming back home, I think would be an amazing that would be an amazing scene in, in Memorial Stadium on September sixteenth, whatever that would be. Uh to when we play, I think it's like Northern Illinois in week three. Yeah, then it's two like lesser opponents after that, right? Yeah, group group of five opponents and then it's yeah. Michigan. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not crazy to say it could be four and oh. I mean three and one, it seems like almost again, going back to last year, you know. We were one and two, and at that point, we really should have been three and zero. Oh. Like it's not crazy to say we should have been three and zero. Oh. So, looking at that next year, it's not crazy to say we should be three and one. I know mm-hmm. that that's like the typical off-season hype Nebraska fan thing, but when you look at those games, you're right. I mean, Minnesota's the one that okay, they're a Big Ten team. It's on the road. It's the first game after all of this transition and all that stuff. So, I, I kind of understand how that game might yep. be a little rough, but you know. Like you said, they've got transition too, so we'll see. But yeah, if we were three and one, I'd be, 
That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be a decent start. Well, this was a lot of fun here, Johnny. Um, Good. I, uh, it, it's tradition on the, the broadcast on the forum. I always give the, the guests the, the final parting shot. But, I mean, before we even do that, is there anything else you want to talk about football-wise next season? Anything we didn't hit on that, uh, that you want to before we uh, – before we take it off. You know, I think I got all my Twitter beefs off my chest, so I'm good <laughs> uh, at this point. So, no, I think, I think I'm good. Well, I want to thank all the people that have been following along, too, and all the comments that have been coming in. That, that's been a lot of fun. Um, it is parting shot time here, and let me see if I can find that graphic. Or do I even have a graphic for that? You know oh, what? I, I don't have a graphic for parting shot on this. I should. Anyways, it's parting shot. So, Johnny, go for it. Take us out of here. Um, I wasn't really prepared for this, but... F Iowa, go big red. We come in Dion uh, and tells Rob's mom I said hi. Again. <laughs> Coach. Well, that's thanks, good, Coach. man. That's that takes us out. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Husk, uh, thanks, thanks Johnny. Johnny GBR. Geez, I've got different names for you there. Find them at GBR Homer on Twitter. And uh, just remember, Redcasters, YouTube could be the next one to join us on the floor. Heard at Sports Network Production.